Thank you for listening to or watching another episode of SNTR Presents. This is going to be about how to fix Reckoning. A lot more people are in Reckoning as a content piece in Destiny because of moments of triumph. If you're listening to this on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or watching on YouTube, you can probably catch me live right now, twitch.tv slash say no to rage. If I'm not live, click follow on the Twitch channel by clicking the heart. Clicking like and subscribe on YouTube also helps me out. So I was getting a lot of feedback on the Reckoning in Q&A and seeing stuff on Twitter as well. Saw some people, I, I even think Paul Tassi may have written an article about it because this is part of the moments of triumph now. You have to go into Reckoning and try to get the full armor set if you don't already have one. So people are going into the activity. It's clear that the reason people are going into the activity to try to get a full armor set is for triumphs. And one of the reasons they don't have a full armor set is I don't think a lot of people engage with the content leading up to this point. So... In light of that, I kind of wanted to talk about this again because I know Cosmo responded to somebody and said, you know, we're hearing and taking in feedback on Reckoning. I think there's a handful of things they could do that would make this content significantly better than it is right now. I don't think a lot of this would be all that complicated, and I don't know if they could do this before we get into Shadow Keep, but it would be nice if future annual pass pieces or future content starts to try to refresh the game and make things better I mean we got into Drifter and they made Ada's bounties better so if we get a little bit further down the road I think these are some things they could implement so first I want to talk about the loot the loot in there how you acquire it how it's set up you know obviously the chalice and menagerie is really influencing a lot of what we think now about loot rhythm and about intentionality of chasing loot second I want to talk about the modifiers how are modifiers even playing a part in content like this this is a bigger discussion that probably needs to be had maybe a separate video just about modifiers and then lastly I want to talk about the bosses so first let's just talk about the loot I actually am frustrated by the loot for more than just the reasons of not being able to get that like primarily I'm frustrated because I think the guns look really really awesome anytime somebody joins my fire team and they have on the spare rations I get jealous I have a shotgun and I threw the ornament on it I think it looks incredible I love the aesthetic of the loot especially with the ornaments I really really want to get a doomsday grenade launcher and just do some tests with it you know versus spike nades now that grenade launchers are you know in a little bit of a better place so I actually want some of the loot and I think that's part of the frustration that a lot of other people feel as well is they look at the guns especially I think a lot of folks put their sights on spare rations and you just cannot get them there is zero intentionality for the guns at all and even if a gun does drop it may not even be the gun that you want if the gun that you want does drop it might not even have the role that you want so it's kind of back to similar things I said about the Imago loot farm. There's too many layers of RNG. When you have that many layers of RNG, it can really frustrate the player, make the make the content feel futile and not worth engaging with. And so at a ground level, the easiest solution for the guns in Reckoning would be to allow you to grab bounties from Drifter and then you just run the Reckoning. Now, I talked about this this morning. The Reckoning is unique in comparison to the menagerie in that it's a it's quite a bit faster and then it throws you right back into another one so if they gave bounties to drifter you definitely wouldn't want to have to go back to the tower the way you do with ada you would want those bounties to function the way the chalice does as soon as it spits out the gun it refreshes itself and you can run it again this would be a great way to lean into one of the i think this is a value point of the reckoning the fact that it's short it's kind of bombastic and you can jump right back in when it's over and if 
you're chasing a gun, that's a really, really good feeling when you can jump right back in and try again. You don't have to wait. You don't have to go to orbit. You don't have to reform the fire team. You take your buddies and you just go in there and you jump right back in. Now, I know that can be a little bit frustrating with matchmaking if someone leaves and it doesn't quite put someone back in there. So that's obviously a separate concern. But I think logistically speaking... They've designed Reckoning in a way where they could really lean into the structure. Now, beyond that, I actually forgot about this until I started thinking about, oh, I got to get a full armor set. There's not really any intentionality with the armor either, and I think they could change that. Whenever you load in the moat into the into the thing to tell you, oh, I want a collector, I want an invader piece of armor, they could. Add, there's got to be a way for them to add one more layer of intentionality there. Give me a helmet, give me this, give me that, because they have to know... A lot of people would do that for God roll because I love the the hood that I have for my hunter. I think it's one of the best cloaks that he can get is from the the, the, the season of the drifter. It's got like the snake on the top and then it goes all the way to the ground. It's a really, really nice uh, cloak. I think people would go for God rolls. I really do. I think they would. I think they would go in there and they would farm the frick out of this because it's a pretty quick turnover on the time. So intentionality via bounties as well as intentionality via the moats whenever you're trying to get the armor, I think would really, really bring this content into its own. Now let's talk about the modifiers because we do need to talk about this. It's one thing to be like, hey, we're giving you an intentional loot grind. We're giving you an intentional loot path towards these guns and these armor pieces. You got to go beyond that though and make the content fun because I think that's one of the reasons the Menagerie really struck a really a solid chord, a really good chord with the community, because it was actually fun. They were varied, the encounters were different, you could actually get better at the encounters and go through faster, and I think Reckoning struggles to strike that chord of fun, and there's a handful of reasons. At a foundational level, I think that the modifiers very often just absolutely suck, and nobody wants to go in there. This is a question that Bungie has to answer in a bigger and more philosophical discussion, like as a, as a far-reaching discussion, what is the role of modifiers in the game? Are they meant to make content unenjoyable? Are they meant to make it fun? Because Blackout has basically become the new glass. Everyone hates Blackout. No one can stand it, especially in Reckoning because of how much ground pound and how much stomp and knockback is happening. Blackout just really, really doesn't belong in Reckoning. I would just remove it. I honestly would remove that modifier in general. I would really, if I was Bungie, I think modifiers should do two things. Number one, promote a whole lot more fun. Bring back the fun. Bring back Rainbow Burn. Bring back some of the things from D1. Small arms. Some of the things that were making you change your loadout a little bit or consider different loadouts. Consider something that might be really strong. Randomly, it would be really, really strong. I mean, imagine how strong Coldheart would be if it was Arc Burn and they made secondary weapons stronger. That was, I forget what that modifier was called. Imagine that. That would be really, really fun. You would run Coldheart and ordinarily you might not run Coldheart. And that would be a way to make it fun. The other thing that does is I think they could softly, in a very soft way, I don't want curated loadouts, but it was called specialist yeah i i want them to use modifiers to softly suggest loadouts cuz that's exactly what arc burn and specialist would do you would say oh i'm going to run cold heart arc with specialist is going to make it stupidly strong that would be a way to softly suggest i don't want curated loadouts nobody really liked that in the raid layers that didn't go over very well but i think you could use modifiers to do those two things 
promote more fun and more excitement and number two softly suggest loadouts for the players because right now this is what modifiers typically do as they function in the game what's the modifiers Ugh. No thanks, I'm going to wait for better modifiers. I don't think you want people saying that. You don't want people saying, I'm going to skip this content because the modifiers suck or the modifiers are bad. I think you'd rather people say, well, when I go into this content, I'm going to change my loadout and my playstyle because of the modifiers. Modifiers should be gameplay affecting, not engagement affecting. That'd be a good way for me to summarize it. Modifiers should be gameplay affecting, not engagement affecting. They're affecting in you know engagement. People are not going into the content if the wrong modifiers are on. Lastly, let's talk about the bosses. Again, I love the idea that you have rotating bosses, even though it's only two. I think this could be the future sort of loop for the content is that the bosses could rotate. If you want to refresh Escalation Protocol, if you want to do like what they did with Infinite Forest, right? We had the Verdant Forest, we had the Haunted Forest. That was a great evolution iteration. Those boss fights were pretty cool. It was a pretty fun mechanic. It was a little bit different in each. Haunted Forest and Verdant Forest were slightly different. They could do something very, very similar with Reckoning. It's a small encounter. There's not a lot going on. They could do some tweaks or some new bosses that I think would be well worth doing, especially since you got Oryx in there, you know, put a couple other throwback nostalgic bosses in there. Maybe not Oryx himself, right? It's like the shade of Oryx. I love the environment of Reckoning. I really do. I don't know about you, but when we go in there, I actually really, really love the environment. Just minus the stomp. Just take the stomp. If that's the other thing they should do, right? That'd be a nice modifier. Like, no stomps, you know, none, none of the enemies will do knockback for today's, for today's modifier would be a really, really good one. I think it's a really, really good loop for boss and loot rotation. Now, I don't know, too, I don't know if we want to rotate the loot too much, but you could do really cool specific drops from the bosses beyond the bounties or beyond the moat system for the armor. So maybe when it's a certain boss, you just want to get in there and farm for, maybe there's a sparrow, a shader, a ship, a mod an ornament, something to that nature would be pretty cool to tie to the bosses specific weapon drops on the bosses might be problematic unless it was in addition to what people were chasing already, so you don't affect their bounty, but the boss can drop something else I think you really want to bring the intentionality and the fun to Reckoning rather than let that content just sit on the shelf it feels like such a waste, I think there are elements of it that can be redeemed and made better again, the environment of the loop is small and fun and bombastic, I think it's got potential to be fixed if you're listening to this on itunes google play spotify or watching on youtube you can always catch me live twitch.tv slash say no to rage as with all my content I appreciate you listening and watching please like share and subscribe thank you for listening to or watching another episode of sntr presents this is going to be a QA session that followed my talk about how to fix reckoning more and more people are going into reckoning for moments of triumph trying to get the full armor sets i tried to outline some i think simple ideas that might not be easily executed upon but ways to improve the content if you're listening to this on itunes google play spotify or watching on youtube you can probably catch me live right now twitch.tv slash say no to rage if i'm not live follow the channel with the heart button or if you're listening or watching on youtube you can hit like and subscribe that helps me out as well thank you velociraptor for 11 months one more month and you'll get that red badge First question from DEC4234 says, They really need to give you more time on the bridge. It's near impossible to match make groups. I played a lot more and didn't fail a lot of the time. you'd, You'd play a lot more if you didn't fail all the time. Yeah, I mean, I don't know about the timer. I didn't really get into the mechanics of it. I I do think they should take Stomp way down. I think if they did the modifiers in the way that I said, I don't think this would happen as much. 
12 months from Capo, that's a red badge. Welcome back. Here's the thing. If, if they took Blackout out of the modifier pool, and they, as I said, if they gave you modifiers that promoted fun or you using a certain loadout, I don't know if you would be failing as much because you'd be able to go in with the loadout and be strong. You'd be able to change your, your gameplay style or whatever you're doing. But right now what they end up doing is is they put on Blackout or something else or Solar Singe and you're getting hit by the snipers, their solar rifles, and then you're getting hit by the... the the slams from the big guys and it just kind of becomes a joke so they've got to consider maybe toning down ad saturation maybe give you a little bit more on the timer but at a ground level i think modifiers are more to blame than anything because it makes it really really narrow success is narrowly achieved gotta run a well gotta stay in the well gotta move to the thing as soon as possible because if one person gets bumped or bounced or killed really really struggles so and I know people hear this and they run to the comments on YouTube and they're like, it's not that hard. People just need to be smart. People just suck, blah, blah, blah. It's a match-made environment and you got to consider that. Go play Reckoning. Go play Menagerie Matchmade and tell me you don't see some of the folly of Reckoning given the, the variety and gamut of players you can run into. They've got to consider that for this activity that it doesn't need to be this grueling and difficult and punishing. It isn't that it's hard. That's the other thing I really want to stress. I stress this in my Heroic Menagerie review. There's a huge difference between hard and punishing. Hard content is, you know, challenge mode in hard Kingsfall or challenge mode in hard Wrath or when they added the challenge mode to Atheon's fight. That was hard. That's a lot of plates you got to spin. Punishing ain't the same as hard. You make a teeny mistake, knocked off the bridge. There's your Well of Radiance guy, you're dead. You're gonna get completely wiped clean without that Well of Radiance, without that Riggs Tether, whatever. And whenever whenever that happens, that isn't like, oh, you're a bad player, just get better. The content's not that hard, you know. People that run full teams are the ones who are blind to the real facts most of the times. Right, and I, I think that's something with Reckoning that a lot of people are missing here is that when someone gets frustrated with the fail rate of reckoning it's not because they think the content's too hard i think a lot of times people hear us taking taking issue with something that's punishing they're like oh you just want everything to be easy you want everything to be casualified no that's not it at all you're 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 completely oversimplifying it it has a whole lot more to do with content being fun and less punishing you can have content be challenging without it punishing you especially considering the reward structure of Reckoning in general. Evil the Waffler. Personally, for me, Reckoning's biggest problem is the stopping. The yellow bars do. Everyone I know hates this. Why doesn't Bungie take that out? I mean, again, like, this isn't really a question. I don't know why they're not taking it out. You're just saying you don't like stomping. We all hate stomping. I don't, I don't know how you want me to answer this. I, I don't know. Bungie hasn't said why stomping is the game. They haven't said why virtually every enemy in the game has a knockback. A, a Hydra. A Hydra has a knockback. Um, you know, I don't know why Epic Game Launcher just bumped me out of Destiny to tell me Limbo was on sale. You know, Hydras have a knockback. They're floating in the air. Servitors have a knockback. Freudian Slippers, thank you for eight months of subs. So... That they would have to answer that. They would have to come out and say why they added so much physics. Because we we I ranted and raved about that this morning. I turned it into a bit of a joke. But whenever you run the strike where 
the wizard, she just keeps knocking you back and shoving you back and pushing you off the platforms and stuff. I it's I said this morning, I was like, there's almost nothing you can do about that other than hide, which isn't fun, or stand there and wait for her to do it and kind of like run at her, or you face tank guys that knock you back and you melee to cancel the physics of the push. It's just one of those things where there I think that they either need to tone back how it applies. If you're right in front of the ogre and he slams the ground and hits you, well then sure, you're asking for it. If I'm above the ogre, if I'm in the air, that's another thing that should really mitigate the physics of the push and the damage of the slam is if I if I time my jump. Think about in Last Wish where you know that, you know, they're going to the the the, the tentacle's going to slam the ground, okay? You jump and it really mitigates the damage. You, know, you don't take nearly as much. Now, obviously, you jumping really, really close to it, you, you take more damage. There's a proximity factor as well there. But I think they should consider a similar idea that if I jump and I'm not on the ground, it should really mitigate the damage. It should really, really tone down how much I get knocked back. And it should not be 360 degrees of damage. If I'm behind the ogre, I should take no damage at all. If I'm in the air behind the ogre, I especially should not be taking any damage. I think knockback, as it functions, like as they slam, as they stomp, I think that it needs to be retooled in how it applies damage and physics to the player and that right now it's way too universal and way too friendly to the enemy. No cooldown on the stomp? That's another discussion, right? There's no cooldown on the enemy's abilities. They can do their abilities non-stop. That's a completely different subject, but that applies here too, right? There's no cooldown. They can just keep doing it. CP4 Gators. Since the, the Menagerie chess glitch has shown us what generosity looks like, what could be done to Reckoning to bring incentive generosity to the content? I don't think you need multiple drops in Reckoning. I think one run satisfying the bounty and it spits out the weapon, I think that's totally fine. I think it's totally fine. Maybe you don't, I mean, you might not even need a bounty system, right? Maybe you just go up to the little node thing where you put in the moats and maybe you can interact with that and you just check the box of like, yeah, I want the hand cannon and you go and you run it and you do that and you, it's, it's a gun drop every time. It's a gun drop every time. And so I think that's totally fine. It's a really, really quick encounter. The reason Menagerie, it was like, oh, a lot of us said, how about three for normal is because if you match make into Menagerie, it ain't gonna, it doesn't go super fast. Like when I was in there with a polished team, we were running Menagerie in like 10 or 11 minutes. You go in there with a matchmate team, 15 to 20 minutes. I think multiple drops in a 15 to 20 minute grind is totally fine. I think Reckoning, if they do some of my other suggestions and they tone down the punishing nature, the fail rate, it's just a quick grind the gun dropping every time the number of potential rolls is so high I I think that would be totally fine remember generosity scales down in a really healthy way in the community it enables casual players to get the weapon and it enables hardcore players to chase the weapon there's a difference between getting the weapon and chasing the weapon and the the generosity I think scales down really really well stinginess does not scale down really well it certainly doesn't scale well, down well in reckoning almost nobody's interacting with reckoning and going back to like being a little bit stingy in menagerie menagerie's not stingy I mean menagerie's actually a really really good encounter but we got a taste for generosity as this question says so they need to generosity across the board just needs to go up 
because it doesn't hurt engagement it promotes it it really really does Mr. Cuddles, I don't mean to waste your time, but what, but what makes people want to play The Reckoning over anything else? I took a break for a while, so I don't know much about this topic. The only reason people are going back into Reckoning now is because you need the armor for one of the Triumphs. So if, if, if you go in to your menu, you scroll over to Triumphs, and you go down to the MMXIX seal, the Moments of Triumph seal, and you view contents... You need to win a Gambit Prime match while wearing a full set of Notorious Armor, and they all need to match. It needs to be a full set of of Invader, a full set of Collector, whatever. And so, people are now going into Reckoning to try to get the full armor sets. So, Reckoning engagement has suddenly kind of gone up because people need the armor for moments of triumph. And the reason people are like, I don't have any of the armor is because I think the majority of the community did not engage with with reckoning almost at all so now they don't have the full armor sets this is why i think bungie's done a really good job with having all these different pockets all these different activities you've got the forges you've got reckoning you've got the menagerie you could even go back to like escalation protocol verdant forest sorry my mic they have a lot of activities and a lot of things that you can engage with it's just you have to make sure those containers and those pieces of content are worth running as I think a lot of people what they end up doing is they get a taste of something that is good and then it has to be in line with that so we played the forges and then drifter land and we're like what why is reckoning set up this way and then we play the menagerie and we're like what why is the rest of the game set up this way this is why they need to look at the whole game because from a scaffolding like logistical perspective the game has tons of really good scaffolding really good containers you've got really good i think grindable loopable content you've got blind well okay you've got the escalation protocol the forges reckoning you have the infinite forest if it needs to be repurposed verdant forest haunted forest you have menagerie that's a lot of grindable PvE content. Then you got Nightfalls with the Nightfall-specific loot. That's a lot of loops. That's a lot of good content loop. The biggest issue isn't... even. It's And here's the other thing. It's not even lack of loot anymore. There's good loot in the Forges. There's good loot that you could, you could potentially get. Blindwell doesn't let you get any intentionality. But there's good loot from the Dreaming City. There's good loot in Reckoning. There's good loot in Menagerie. They have the... Now, now they've got the incentives. Now they got to f- connect the dots, right? Okay, you got good loop. This is good content loop. You got good, con- you got good loot and things that I want to chase. Connect the dots. We need more things to feel like Menagerie pre-nerf. You need more things to feel that way. K dot. Do you think it'll be dope if they change the name uh, Hunters to Crows if Bungie does take Uldren in the Hunter Vanguard? I don't think this would make any sense. You're five years into the franchise. To suddenly have Hunters called Crows would be weird. Um, especially consider Crow is a bird and Hunter, Titan, and Warlock is like a title. It's like a, it's like a thing. I don't think you'd want to go to crows. That would be weird. I mean, we get called Titans, lions. You know what I'm saying? I understand where you're coming from. I get it. I get it. I don't think that's been a strong enough presence or theme in the game for people to get excited. Sounds like a faction, right? Like that could be a faction. Maybe you want to pledge allegiance to Aldrin and be a crow for a week instead of New Monarchy or something. So, 
I don't think you'd want to start naming us after animals. I think you could maybe use crows in the artwork, and you could say, look at some of this new stuff, and 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 have that be an influence over what we look like, but I don't think you want to change our title. That'd be weird. Infamous Big Evil for seven months, dude, more than half a year. Thank you. Speedroid Terror Top. Do you think armor from the raid should be brought up to armor 2.0? Oh, like Leviathan and stuff? I had a guy get up my nose on YouTube and he's like, Lono, shake my head. All the armor is getting the 3.0 year 3 treatment. And I was like, who said this and where? And he was like, well, they showed some of the old armor in the in the vid doc. And I'm like, bro, that doesn't mean what you're claiming then. What if those are ornaments? What if they can let you use some of the year one armor as ornaments the way that you can use the year one armor? Uh, I'm sorry, the Eververse armor is as, as ornaments. It's like, he got, he got right at my nose. He's like, come on, Lono. Blah. It's like, dude, they didn't say that. You're assuming that's what it means when you see year one armor in the in the video. And so I would love it if everything got sort of, sort of the, the year three treatment. I think that'd be dope. Add some more perks, random rolls, whatever investment paths or or whatever stats you're you know you're letting us invest in, intellect, discipline, and strength are coming back. You do that to everything. You got Leviathan, you got the two raid layers, you got all the strikes, you got all the nightfall loot, you got escalation protocol, you got the the curse of Osiris Forge, you know? There's a there's a lot there. Cold killer. Do you think if the reckoning was more of a true horde mode, the enemies got harder? Uh, and the boss fight every fifth round or so, and then you loot the chest. The further in, the better the loot. Would that be better? Well, now, see, this is where I'm going to say two things to you. Your suggestion's not bad, but it is bad. I don't think we should be making suggestions to Bungie that require them to rebuild the encounter or to completely change the encounter. So your suggestion's good. Yeah, sure, that sounds great. That sounds dope. Like an actual horde mode would be awesome. Like, think about the way the Verdant Forest worked, right? The Verdant Forest was like, if you if you were in there for a really long time, you get more time for the boss fight. That was actually a pretty good mechanic, but then, like, you didn't really need that much time, so there was no need to have, like, limitless waves, right? So, I agree with you. Yeah, it'd be great to have, like, a legitimate horde mode. It'd be great to say, hey, you know what? Here's something that you can stay in forever, and the longer you're in there, the better the loot. But I don't think this is a good suggestion for Reckoning, because it's unlikely for Bungie to say, all right, guys, we're going to completely rebuild outdated, irrelevant content. I think it's better to say, okay, we've made some tweaks to how this content plays, and that's why typically with my suggestions, I try to stay on that bottom rung. Add some bounties. You know, change the modifiers. Those are things Bungie can do from like 3,000, you know, 30,000 feet. They don't got to get down into the actual mechanics and say, okay, so now we need to have a limitless waves. Uh, not only do we need to limit waves, let's uh, let's add a chest after every boss. Uh, and then, oh, we need some sort of algorithm or some sort of mechanic to say, oh, the loot gets better every time you run it. Uh, what else? What else? What else? What else? Like, that just gets too complex, I think. There's, that's never going to get off the ground. An example would be Ada's bounties. People got tired of the rotation of the Ada's bounties because they weren't rotating properly. And what did Bungie do? Well, all of her bounties are available. I happen to think that was a mistake, but you get like we, we can talk about rhythmic urgency in another video. Um, I think it would have been better 
to actually make the rotation work right because I think rhythmic urgency is part of the identity of destiny what can I go for this week what's the nightfall what's this what's that I think rhythmic urgency is part and parcel to destiny so in light of that in light of that I don't I don't think they made the right call with Ada but that's a good example of them they didn't overhaul Ada they didn't change the way the forges work they just made a small tweak to make the you know community feel like oh this is more in line with what we want Speedroid Terror Top do you think Notorious Gear from Gambit should be brought up to Armor 2.0 okay who is this person can okay Speedroid Terror Top this is not how to engage with Q&A. You're just asking the same question and changing one word. I mean, that's that's not you're just hijacking Q&A, dude. Don't please don't do this. Please don't do this. This feels obnoxious. Um beats beats on breed. How much of the triumph have you done? I just showed a little bit ago. I need to finish a couple of forge guns and then get the prime win and then I'm done on that. Pack how would you feel about ending reckoning the activity and transplanting its reward structure of gambling since to something like crown since the reward structure there is so bad well i think in general raids need help but i don't know if we want to do this see this is something that this is something that a lot of people do they're like oh chalice is good let's put chalice everywhere Ada's bounties are good. Let's put Ada's bounties everywhere. Now, when I said Ada's bounties were good, I said put them in other NPCs, but I didn't say put it everywhere, right? Well, maybe I did. Maybe I'm being a hypocrite here. I think Ada's bounties being in in all NPC loopholes is different than saying, let's take the chalice into the raid. Let's take the gambling system into the raid. Personally, I think raids should do powerful drops first run and then you can grind it after that add the internal currency like wrath had have chests that you can open that are optional right i don't know if you want to go into grabbing the moat gambling or whatever you want to call it or the the chalice and shove it into a raid i don't know if i like that i think each each piece of content needs to stay in its own lane and its own identity and that feels like you're really really borrowing from another activity and trying to shove it into a raid and I don't know if that would be the right way to do it in general I think raids just like I said they need to let you run more than one a, you know one a week per character uh, Speedroid Terratop. Even if Recording got intentionally feature like the Chalice, don't you think engagement would still be low due to the fact that the armor effects work only in Gambit and they won't be armor 2.0? Well, obviously, if they if they go to any piece of content, Escalation Protocol, Reckoning, The Forges, anything, and they add more intentionality to loot grind, you don't want that loot encased in year two. So that kind of goes without saying. If Bungie's gonna be like, hey guys, we, we, uh, we brought up and made such and such relevant again the only way it's relevant is if it matches the current loot system rusty i think bungie's made it clear that they don't put too much effort in fixing old content like reckoning do you think increasing drop rates for reckoning weapons would be good enough quick fix right now it wouldn't require the bounty system well at the very least guarantee a weapon drop every time they could at least do that they could at least do that because there's a couple of weapons that you can get so have it drop a weapon every time that wouldn't be I don't think that'd be hard to go in and tweak they said they increased the drop rate but when they said they were putting the nightfall drop rate protection 
I was like, well, then they probably didn't really fix the drop rate. You don't need nightfall drop rate protection if the drop rate's healthy. You need nightfall drop rate protection if the drop rate sucks, which is kind of how it felt. And it's basically exactly what it was. Lucky J. I can't remember a time when Bungie went back on a change that they had made. So you can see Bungie fixed Menagerie. You asked this question yesterday. And if you didn't ask it, somebody else did. I swear you at this that you asked this question yesterday. Because we, we had a bunch of things where they did. They said they hit certain things too hard. We hit this weapon type too hard. We hit this super too hard. And they dialed it back. They 100% have done this. And we had this question yesterday. So if it wasn't from you, it was somebody else. Midnight Vulture. Do you think that Bungie will actually make changes to Reckoning? I I think they will. I, I think that they're listening. If Bungie doesn't make changes and think about reusing some of these old loops, I mean, I don't know what they're going to do then. Not me, you meant glitches? Hang on a second. I can't remember a time where Bungie went back on a change that they had made, so can you see a Bungie way to fix ma- Menagerie and still save face? Oh, well, this isn't a glitch, though, uh, Lucky. They could still say community response. Now I understand your question, Lucky. You didn't ask that yesterday. That is a little bit of a different question. Sorry about that. Uh, Sure, they're not going to open up the glitch again, but I definitely think they could look at Reckoning and be like, you know what, guys? We hit Reckoning really hard with that patch. It's Nobody really wants to run it now. We're going to do three guaranteed chests with a possible two extra in Heroic. I definitely could see them doing that. Because I'm telling you, they got to be looking internally at menagerie engagement numbers and seeing what the rest of us are feeling. They have to. I don't know. I I don't want to be that presumptuous to be like, everyone's like me. But when I see Reddit, forums, Twitter, YouTube comments, everybody's saying the same thing, usually that's representative of the community. When everybody's saying the same thing. I mean, I'll check the comments from today because my video went up today. Menagerie after the nerf. And we could see what people are saying. It's got a good like ratio, so I could check the comments. Typically, when everybody's saying the same thing, you'll have one or two people that are like, it's still plenty generous. But like, that's that, that doesn't represent the community when 90% of the rest of the people are saying the opposite. I think that a lot of people have bailed on Menagerie. And I definitely think that that means Bungie could look at it and say, we need to make a change here. Uh, Destiny Tracker shows the dip in Menagerie. It was quite significant. Wait, how do you check Menagerie engagement on Destiny Tracker, uh, Lars? And do you know what the dip was? I didn't realize you could check individual activities on Destiny Tracker. I've always just gone and seen the... It just shows like the full... The full engagement numbers for PvE and PvP, which it doesn't show those right now for some reason. Evil the Waffler. Personally, I see modifiers as one that helps you and one that hurts you. I agree Blackout sucks and should leave, but what would you put in its place? I honestly don't know. I honestly don't know um, it, what, what I would put in its place. Like I said, something, as I said in the talk add things that increase fun and softly suggest what loadout I should go with that's what I would do like if, like I said, arc burn and specialist so bring back specialist, get rid of blackout I don't think modifiers should hurt you I think they should, as I said modifiers should have an influence on gameplay, they should not have an influence on engagement because right now modifiers influence engagement, people are like, those modifiers suck and they don't engage 
engagement should sort of stay static like everybody's sort of engaging with the content at the same level every day but they're adjusting their gameplay and their loadout because of the modifiers modifiers are pushing people away from the content well I'll check tomorrow that just isn't how it should work I follow one of the Destiny Tracker dudes. He posted the info the other day, Spartan something. Could you get that for me, Lars? I'm actually interested in what it what it what it says. Super uh, Super MG says I started grinding the reckoning a couple days ago. The most frustrating thing is running three or four tier three runs and getting all duplicates, and your teammates leave the activity because they completed their bounties and their milestone. What would you do to fix these two issues? Well, here's the thing that I think people forget is that if you make a if you make an encounter really really generous, it was not hard for me to get people to run menagerie when it was really generous. I'm like, "All right guys, you can join me for some menagerie." And I'd end up with 8 or 9 people in the lobby and I'm like, "Oh, we're, we got too many people. Some of you guys need to back out." You know, it's not it, it, trying to get people for reckoning, you know, trying to get people for menagerie now, and it's not the same. It's not the same. So, if they turned up the generosity if they gave people that intentionality if they mess with modifiers to make the encounters more fun well then that's exactly what would happen more people would be willing to run it your buddies wouldn't bail because they finished their bounties to their milestone they'd be like no let's stay in there I don't have the gun that I want yet blackout just needs to be split in half right now it removes radar and increases damage from enemy melee there should be a modifier for each if you're going to do that then I think there should be more modifiers active in general like arc burn specialist and then no radar and then another and then another one like like i said softly encourage me to use certain things you know terror clash if you could be on class based on the lore which class would you be probably way of a thousand cuts justin cole with shadow keep on the horizon and the annual pass after do you honestly think that they would work on reckoning seems like a waste of time for bungie I just think your question has so much presumption and assumption in it. You are presuming and assuming that they're going to do nothing with existing content beyond Shadowkeep. They're not going to do anything. I mean, why wouldn't they? I, you, you think we're going to live off of the moon for the next nine months? You think? I, I don't know. Like I'm asking. They reused Infinite Forest twice last annual pass. They did Haunted Forest. They did Verdant Forest. I know those were for for events but they did they used old content in the next annual pass they gave they there was something for us to do um so pack says i think one of the biggest issues with reckoning is the timer that causes a fail once it's over you think reckoning could exist without the timer invalidate the idea of the activity what if there was a way what if it was like menagerie the faster you did it, like, the more you got or something, right? So if you if you did it perfectly, if there was a way to determine a perfect reckoning run, and then you got, you know, you got something for that, I think that would be pretty cool. Can't fit my reply. Here was the original tweet. Okay, so Spartan Zero tweeted and said, 250,000 guardians in the forges. I'm just, wow, wow, the AFK farm is real. Oh, Menagerie's at 3%, right? So, and then the Forges are 27, Patrol 28. I'm curious what Menagerie was before. I'm curious what Menagerie was before. 3%? That's, there's no, come on. 
there had to be way more people in there prior to that. 3% is in the dadgum toilet. His name is Spartan Zero underscore, if you look him up on Twitter. It was at 10%? 10%'s not bad. I would have expected it to be higher, though, for Menagerie. 10%'s not terrible. That doesn't seem high enough, though. It was around 10%. I would have expected it to be higher, honestly. 10% down to 3%'s a big drop, though. But we gotta kinda wait. A lot of that could just be the result of people doing moments of triumph. A, 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 a drop down to 3, though, I mean, that's one-third of what people were doing. Population includes people who don't own Forsaken and or the annual pass. Oh, well, I guess that makes sense why 10%. I mean, there's a ton of people that can't even play it. Uh, William Hellard. If Bungie does remove the stomp from bosses, what do you think they could add to replace it with? You could add a stun instead of a stomp. What if when they meleeed you, it stunned you or it took some of your abilities away or something? I don't know. I don't know what they could add in its place. Do they need to add something in its place? Is it that good that if, you know, there's going to be a big net loss in the, in the flow of combat that you need something added in its place? I don't think so. Only one left. What's your thoughts on the timers? I know the encounter is supposed to be fast. Yeah, we just talked about this. It'd be pretty cool to remove the timer and maybe do something like they did in a menagerie where it's not failable and the better you run it, the better the loot. Like maybe you get more loot or something, you know? I listened to the first stream stop and really enjoyed it. Looking forward to the rest of the series. Oh, thank you, Captain McFly. Uh, Speedroid says, do you think the raid gear should be given intrinsic perks like the raid and how they did in D1? Yeah, this is a bit of a softball question. I mean, I think anybody's going to answer this question, yes. I can't imagine anybody being like, no. You know, I know Bungie was like, we felt like it limited your freedom. It didn't limit our freedom. Intrinsic raid perks was awesome. It was a way to, and again, you got to kind of bring back more than just intrinsic raid perks. You have to bring back the normal to hard philosophy of the King's Fall raid and Wrath of the Machine, where the raid does get harder, not just from Delta, but from mechanical pain. Evilborn says 10% because of the bounties and whatnot, and everyone left after they got 20 kills without dying in the one menagerie I was in. That is so weird that that, that menagerie just didn't... I, I really thought menagerie would have captured way more than 10%. But again, a drop from 10% to 3% is pretty dramatic. That's a lot of people, you know? That means 10 people out of 100 were going in there on a daily basis. 10 people. And now 3 people out of 100 are going in. That's a drop. That's a big drop. Melmsey. Should they consider adding at least pre-match matchmaking to all activities lfg takes a long time we don't want matchmaking for raids matchmaking should be on activities like nightfall make reckoning not failable like menagerie menagerie has matchmaking i think matchmaking just needs to come to nightfalls and nothing else truth be told i don't think you want matchmaking in raids after what we saw with reckoning and even menagerie i don't think you could do matchmaking for raids in-game lfg maybe decent filter process to get people into a lobby so they know what the frick they're doing and have a working microphone, but J. Christ should they move Whisper and Darcy to the energy slot? I don't have a strong opinion about Whisper and Darcy coming to the energy slot I think used properly they still slay uh, you just, you know, you gotta, you gotta sit on your ammo, but Whisper 
in the right context is still a really really insanely strong weapon I don't think it needs to be moved to the energy slot I think swords need to go to the energy slot more than whisper and Darcy yeah Darcy is still a monster Graze. What if each tier had different weapons to grind for? For example, tier 1 has the SMG and the sidearm, tier 2 pulse and auto, tier 3 hand cannon and sword. Each week tier rotates weapons that can drop. I don't mind this. I still think there's fundamental flaws with the content itself, but I don't mind where your head's at. I think this could be a solution, but you gotta have the drop rate be guaranteed then. So if I'm grinding tier 3 the week of the hand cannon, it better drop every dadgum time. If I'm grinding tier 3 the week of the the grenade launcher, then it better drop every time. Zorian Tasuna. You said a while ago that Bungie, with all their updates and DLCs, especially Forsaken and and, and Taken King, always was in the repair state where they were trying to fix the game and do what fans want. Do you think they're still in that state? I think they are in that state with Shadowkeep, but significantly less. So, like... Destiny 2 Vanilla into Forsaken was tectonic shifts in the game. No more double primary. Random rolls was an enormous change. You know, the mod system, etc. The undergirding foundational quality of life, like value points and things they need to invest in and change going from Forsaken to Shadowkeep is not nearly as significant. They were basically against the... for For a sports analogy... Destiny 2, they were up against the end zone and about to get safetyed, and they threw a Hail Mary touchdown. Like, they needed 100 yards, and they got it. That's how far they needed to move the ball from Destiny 2 Vanilla to Forsaken. Now, going from where we are now into Shadowkeep, I mean, I don't know. They need to get, like, a 30-yard gain, 40-yard gain. It's not nearly as... There's not nearly as many value grind loot system problems as we had in Destiny 2 Vanilla. There is definitely foundational problems. Raid gear, not interesting. Perk pool, getting kind of boring. We're all grinding for the same stuff. Like, intentionality, only really one piece of content gives you a lot of intentionality. Those, I think, are a lot easier to fix than tectonic game-wide changes no more double primary no more static rolls you know a mod system i'm forgetting all the things that they did i mean they did a lot of changes that i don't think the changes are as significant now not nearly not nearly as significant now speedroid do you think lumina is too slow of a weapon having to kill ads is already difficult because of bloom and recoil secondly you, you must play on on console Secondly, you have to pick up the remnant. Then lastly, you have to shoot a teammate. I'll, um, I'll never put down a recluse for that. Well, I'll tell you what. I actually really liked it in Crown of Sorrow because a lot of the times I can't damage the enemies that are nearby. I think Lumina is built for that kind of an environment. I'm paired up with the teammate. I can't kill the enemies. I've got noble rounds stored up. I can buff my teammate. I did that a lot in Crown of Sorrow and I liked it. It was kind of nice. There's times in Menagerie where my buddy's got to grab a sword and go charging off and, and, and face tank an ogre, and I can I can hip fire noble rounds at him while he's over there. Uh, I think I think the Lumina is ahead of its time. I kind of agree with Finn. I think there's going to be environments where Lumina is going to shine, and I think you get a glimpse of it in Menagerie. I think you can really see its application in Crown of Sorrow because if my teammate has to fight the ogre and I've already killed my ads. Noble round, noble round, keep my buddy healthy over there. I can't do anything else. 
You know, I, I actually don't think it's slow at all. I think it's a fine weapon. Now, you're like, oh, I can't put down my recluse. I can't. Put, people are like, I can't put down my recluse mountaintop. Okay, I, I get that. That's a really, really strong build. But for the most part, if you're running with a competent team, you don't need to do the balls to the wall DPS build. You don't have to. I understand not wanting to, but Lumina has its place. It's not game changing. It's not. It's not going to make you feel like you're you're unbeatable. But I think it's got applications in the right environments. Ashen Hollow. Why do you think Bungie seems to associate punishing and pain with a challenge or satisfying grind? The mountaintop quest, reckoning, pinnacle quest, making you play against the mates, uh, the metas, uh, and essentially throw. Yeah, here's what I think happens. I think a lot of these quests are built on paper way before the meta settles. So when they thought, oh, mountaintop quest, when they designed that quest, who knows? I mean, grenade launchers with proximity rounds play of the game was prominent in the crucible so they probably thought oh that won't take too long people will be able to get you know pretty easy you know double kills and stuff but then the meta settles and you're trying to do that and everybody's running around with shoulder charge shotguns lord of wolves and everything else there it's making it harder you know for you to to get those kills so i think what ends up happening is is i think certain things are built in a in a time capsule as it were and then when you open up that time capsule and you go to do that mission you're like dude what the frick when did you guys design this quest this is not gonna work right now I felt that pain a little bit for Lumina when I went into the crucible and I was like I gotta get in gunfights with people nobody wants to get in gunfights right now all the crucible was was lord of wolves shotguns and shoulder charge and the minute you would land two shots on somebody they would just leave the lane nobody would commit to gunfights because the meta allows them to basically not use their primary I had the most fun in crucible using shoulder charge skull fort and lord of wolves because I was playing like the grimiest scummiest idiot and it was fun I'm not insulting people that play that way by the way I don't think running recluse mountaintop I don't think that's toxic or abuse I don't think running shoulder charge with skull fort and lord of wolves is toxic I think the game promotes and encourages you using gear like that if you don't like it and you don't like people running that gear that's I don't know that's just a bummer but I think that's kind of what happens right like I was trying to get in gunfights with people and nobody wanted to get in gunfights. And so then when they created that Lumina Quest grind, they probably were like, oh man, the hardest part of this is going to be going into the Crucible and getting into gunfights with people. It wasn't the hardest part, but you get what I'm saying. It's almost like the quests are designed in a time capsule. And by the time that quest lands in the game, there's no way for them to know what the what the actual implications and how that's going to play out because everything kind of shifts and and takes shape over time pneumatic flow it feels as if Bungie has trouble designing activities that are difficult without being tedious or punishing whether it's reckoning menagerie what's the best way to combat this without swinging back yeah the last question really touched on this I guess I didn't really answer about why do they associate pain and chat with uh punishing and paying with challenging and a grind here's the thing i think it's a lot easier to punish the player and give the player like a tedious checklist i think that's easier than creating nuanced dynamic challenge and difficulty there's a huge difference between like the intelligence of light eater knights as a pain point okay i want you to think about that how that came to be how that became a thing that distinguished normal from hard. I want you to think about that design intelligence and thoughtfulness that the raid team came up with. I want you to compare that to 
a delta scale or extinguish or blackout. I, I, it's just one of those things. It's like one is way easier than the other. Way easier. And I'm not saying that they're lazy. I'm just saying when you have limited bandwidth, maybe they're having to dial in what's easier for now because they don't have the ability to really go nuanced with the dynamics of the fight and, and, and mechanical pain and things like that. There is an enormous difference between the way that hard, normal to hard Kingsfall and then challenge and then normal to hard Wrath with challenge and then Vault of Glass challenge, you know, with, with like the Atheon fight. There's a huge difference between that and like what they did with Heroic Menagerie. Where it's not even the same idea. It's not even the same principles, you know? And I think it's just because maybe with limited bandwidth, one's a lot easier than the other. Void Pill. Hey, Leno, first time tuning into your live stream. What are your thoughts on simply making the bridge unfailable? Doing that would be a lot more in line with the menagerie. This is a version of this question's come up quite a bit. I think making reckoning unfailable and then rewarding speed would be a really good choice. So then you'd have guys like me stack a team. We go in, we blitz the frick out of the thing. We get rewarded accordingly. Now you got to be careful because you don't want people to be like, well, I'm quitting. This team sucks. Because if it's not failable, you don't want people to be like, well, we missed out on the drop bonus, so I'm leaving. It's such a quick encounter that I think most people would just stay and complete the encounter and then maybe back out hoping for a better team. Because in Menagerie, if you suddenly were like, oh, if you do such and such perfect, you get an extra chest on normal, a lot of people would bail after they first realize that the first encounter that the team they're with her is bad. Because Menagerie takes a lot longer than Reckoning. So you'd need to be really careful you're not motivating quitting by if the reward is really, really good and then you can fail to see, you're like, oh, this team's not going to be able to do it. People would back out. St. Chulu says, "What uh, would you be open to discuss questions with viewers like a roundtable that allows your audience to be able to be vocal instead of textile for talking with you? Some people, including myself, can't express thoughts via text uh, and I could when I'm verbal about it. I don't have any interest in this. Sorry, I just don't. I, I I don't have any interest in pulling viewers into the content like that. Number one, mic quality and Discord lag and robotic voice. We tried the whole call-in Q&A thing once, and it's a disaster. Someone calls in, their mic is glitching, it's echoing, their kid's crying in the background. It's just like the value of the content just immediately goes into the toilet, even if the person has a really thoughtful question. The second reason I don't like doing that is there's no real reason to or impetus to. If you can't submit your question in written form, which you just did, but if you struggle to do that, I mean, I'm not going to create and I'm not going to mold my content around your needs because you're like, oh, I can't really do that. I'd love to jump into Discord. I can't really write out my question. I'm sorry, but I'm not changing my content for that. It's just we tried it in the early stages and I didn't like it. I've watched other people do the call-in and Discord thing, and it's just, I feel like there's dead air, there's bad mic quality, there's echoing, crackling, background noise. This this podcast hits iTunes and Google Play and Spotify. I get an average of 250 to 300 listens to the audio format of this podcast, and the last thing I want to do is sully the audio quality with somebody's headset mic that just isn't very good, because we want to do like a call-in format. Now, if you got somebody that you vetted and you knew their mic was good, maybe, but I just, I don't see a reason to do this. Um, 
Evil the Waffler. You've talked about the game needing to be more rewarding. How much do you want without heading to how D2 at launch was with every, everything was super easy to get? This is a huge conflation that somebody made yesterday and it's it's not even remotely true or problematic. We need to be accurate and honest about the problem with D2 Vanilla. D2 Vanilla was not too generous, okay? D2 Vanilla was a static roll, double primary, boring, bland mess, and you could get those primaries from virtually everywhere. You know, you get a, you get a better devils and you're done. D2 Vanilla's problem was not that it was too generous at all. Right now, with random rolls, masterworks, and all the other things that go into a gun being good or not, th- th- that didn't even exist in D2. So this comparison isn't even possible because D2 didn't have those value points and those things in place because you just got the weapon and you were done. That was actually one of the problems with Escalation Protocol. You got the gun, you got the shoddy, and then you were done. It was like, you know what I'm saying? And then that was the end of it. It was too binary, you know? Call-in radio is a staple of radio stations. Maybe pre-recorded messages and questions. Mod could listen to them. Again, you're adding work for me that I don't want to do, and I don't want my mods to do that either. The value point of somebody being able to submit an audio format question isn't good enough to justify all the work that would go into what you're saying. I work 80 hours a week, and my mods do enough already babysitting the Q&A because people submit poorly written questions, duplicate questions, bad questions, troll questions. Like, I'm not adding more. I'm not adding more. I'm always open to suggestions. I think that suggestions value point isn't strong enough to warrant all the work that would ha- we, we would have to put an awful lot of work into what you're what you're outlining. So, Saint Shulu, uh, would it sound appealing that they, since they've already given a bump to weapon choice, uh, chance? I'm sorry, just have it flat out give you a weapon at the end and run it so this can be farmable. Oh yeah, I mean, I already said this to an earlier question. 100% think that they should just have the weapon dropping every single time. I, I definitely, 100% definitely think they need to do that. And the reason they need to do that is because that would at least be a fix for now, right? A fix for now, you definitely could say, hey, you know, we understand you guys want intentionality. We understand that you want to, you know, put in put in time and get something for your loot for now we're just going to have a weapon drop every time in Reckoning we can't quite do the things we want to do with it we can't quite do a bounty system or a chalice system but at the very least they can have the guns dropping every time I mean I would definitely pretend I I definitely would would partake and participate I'd go in and do it I 100% would Bumble17 can a true horde mode work in Destiny when matchmaking plays such a big role in the game I had to abandon a forge at the boss fight due to answer my door and the other guys failed, which ruins their experience. My fault. Well, I mean, I'll be, I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. If, if they fail to kill a forge boss because you had to leave, then I, maybe they're just really bad players. The forge bosses are not that hard and you have a lot of time to do it. Now, maybe you were under leveled because the forges are pretty hard when there's a delta. Uh, if you guys remember day one trying to beat the forge, uh, the, the delta made it pretty brutal. So maybe that's what was going on. Um, I, it, in my mind, I, I actually think you're making a good point. I do. I think you're making a good, good, a good point. So, a true horde mode would be an interesting experiment in Destiny. Because if you matchmake and run Menagerie in 15 or 20 minutes, you're in, you're out, you, you have an expectation. Strikes are 10 minutes. A really good Menagerie team can take 10 minutes. A really, really long, good horde run, 45 minutes to an hour, maybe more. I don't know. 
that's a lot to ask of randoms matchmaking so if they did it here's how they'd probably want to do it here's how they'd probably want to do it and this is complex but hear me out I want you to think about how the reckoning works imagine beating the reckoning and then you go back to the beginning and it's like congratulations you just built you just beat tier 3 tier 4 is on the way and your teammates could opt to stay in or not okay and if they leave it would it would basically queue matchmaking to pull in somebody ready for tier 4 you'd have to basically do host migration so if another team at that time is also ready to jump into tier 4 5 6 or whatever and you have people leave you'd have to try to like host migrate the problem is is a lot of this doesn't work very well it could becomes a freaking mess or you let somebody from and this would be weird too right you would let somebody opt to matchmake into the horde mode of reckoning and maybe check a box that says I'm fine to go in at any level I'm fine to go in at any wave and then they would literally land in your game at, at tier 6, 7, or 8 or whatever and they know that might happen again, that's why this is such a, a well made question because I just, I never considered this that you if you once you get in there and you lose people, you're like, oh we made it to wave 6, dope, and then you lose somebody, you're like, well frick, we're not going to be able to do this so, here's where they could do a, you know how heroic is, isn't match made for menagerie. They could say it's just not a match made activity. It's like a raid. It's like a heroic menagerie. You got to make a team. You got to go in because you got to know what you're signing up for. A good horde run, a good infinite run can take an hour, you know, and that's not something you want to do in a match made environment. And I think, so, I think this is a good question. And it's a good thought to put on the table. And it's probably, and potentially, one of the reasons why Bungie hasn't done a true horde mode. Because they know exactly the the the, the disconnect and quit patterns of the player base. And they're like, the average player stays in a playlist or activity for 35 minutes. And that just doesn't jive with the true horde mode. Maybe Bungie knows it internally, and they don't want to like come out and like blame it on the player base, but they've just never done a true horde mode, and that's the background reason why. K dot should Bungie make it that once you complete the season quest lines on your main character, you don't have to go through the whole process again on another character? Feels like my map is cluttered. Oh yeah, I would love them to to give you that choice. I think that Destiny Three, if and when it launches, this is how the campaign should work. The campaign should be lengthy, lengthy. It should take a while. Once you're done with the campaign, you are now in like springboard mode. You're back at the hub. You're ready to go. You're ready to launch out into the world. And a couple weeks goes by and you're like, all right, I'm ready to start a second character. I'm ready to start my Titan. Your Titan should just start at the hub at the, at the, at the springboard mode. He's just ready to go. He's certain level. He got a bunch of random blue gear. Nothing's that special. He's ready to hit the ground running. He doesn't need to run the campaign again. They could have done this with Destiny 2 Vanilla and people would have probably praised it. Imagine Destiny 2 Vanilla requiring you to run all the adventures. Requiring you to do all the lost sectors on every planet. You literally got to clear that planet's campaign. That planet's campaign is taking you to adventures, to lost sectors, and then you're done with the EDZ. The campaign would have been 20 hours easy 
okay? And then you're done. You'd be like, wow, that was a really good long campaign. That felt really good. And guess what? You're not dreading it running it a second and a third time. You're done. You make your second, third character, they're in the tower. Here's what happens when you require three characters to run through the campaign. You actually hurt the campaign from both ends. Number one, you're like, well, we can't have the campaign be that long because people have to run it three times. So you automatically de facto have to make the campaign shorter. And then you hurt it from the other end. When people go through the second and third time, they're just like, frick, and they just speed run it and they're annoyed with the campaign. So the campaign gets hurt from both ends of the spectrum. But if you said, nope, you only got to do the campaign one time, all of the adventures are included and required, all uh, sectors are included and required, it's an easy 20-hour, 20-hour campaign, and then you don't have to do it ever again. That's exactly, that's exactly what they should have done with it. And they should do that with all future campaigns. There's no reason to run the campaign that many times. Now, some people are like, like, well, you lose your light and you get to see the animation and getting your light back with all three characters. Dude, I don't, like, come on. That is still not worth running a raid. Uh, I'm sorry, running a campaign that many times. Dante Norris. I like the idea of reckoning, but I feel it's a missed opportunity is to really make the activity unique with different modifiers specific to the activity. Thoughts on the idea of having activities have unique or specific modifiers for them. I actually love this idea, and I actually said after the snowballs were in the strikes, I would love to see them start doing more creative modifiers like that. Do something more creative, like, okay, this week in The Reckoning, there are swords everywhere. There are SIVA charges everywhere. There's some, you know, there's some type of modifier like that that changes the activity. 100%, that'd be cool. I definitely think they need to consider doing something like that. Jones Jr. If this has been asked, please skip. Do you think they will, they will patch the AFK farm in the forges before Shadowkeep? Probably not. Miguel. Maybe, maybe they won't give you materials for a fail. Maybe they'll do that to discourage people from doing it. I don't know. Miguel. Would making Reckoning more generous by giving you one piece of armor per 50 points in the director? This would be in addition to the gun drop after every match. Make it more or less like you suggested. Would this be too much like Ada in the... Next question. Maverick. Do you think Bungie's philosophy for making content for the hardcore is completely backwards? How does this affect D3? I think they've got their formula now. I think they have their formula for casual to hardcore. If you look at the way they structured Menagerie and the way they structured buying the catalyst for the bad juju, the whole that whole structure... I think they have their structure now and the way that they want to... Okay, this is how content's going to play for casual to hardcore. If 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 you just want to matchmake and do menagerie, you can. It's not failable. You're basically guaranteed completion. You get the loot at the end. You've got the intentionality, okay? If you want to blitz getting the catalyst for bad juju and you've got materials saved up, go for it. If you want to slow walk the catalyst as a more casual player and get that get those bounties every day, earn that discount and then and then buy it once you're good and ready. That's the, the spectrum for the spectrum for how they've handled menagerie and the catalyst for Juju is actually perfect, right? I don't think they need to build stuff for casuals like Red Raptor saying like that's what D2 year 1 was. It was basically a casualified destiny, but every piece of content except for like raids or dungeons, 
I think all content should have some form of an entry point for casual players. There's a difference between giving somebody an entry point. Accessibility is not the same as casualification. Accessibility is you can come in and you can do this content. It's not going to be as rewarding. It's not going to be as easy as it is for a full made team, a polished team, a team that's specced out, a team that's got god rolls. It's not going to be the same, right? It's going to be different. They're going to have a better time. They're going to get the Juju Catalyst faster. They're going to beat the Menagerie faster. You know what I'm saying? So, like, I I, I do think that they've really, really got it in a good spot right now. If you're going beyond, you're saying Bungie's content for hardcore is completely backwards. If you're going to, like, how they've handled, you know, Heroic Menagerie, I've got a whole talk on that. I don't think that's them creating content for hardcores that's backwards. I think that's them kind of punting. They're like, look, we don't really have the bandwidth right now to create really, really challenging hardcore content that's dynamic and unique, so they just punt. I'm like, well, just throw Extinguish on and and throw a Delta on. That's literally not... They're not creating content when they do that. Heroic Menagerie is not new content. It is Extinguish and a Delta that's it. They're adding zeros to the health bar, they're adding zeros to the damage output, and then there's Extinguish. That's not new content. Now, I'm not bashing them for that, but that's not them being like, oh, they're ma- they're not making content for hardcores in a backwards way. I think they're just kind of punting. They're like, look, we don't have the time to do this right now. Right? So I don't fault them for maybe not re- having the bandwidth, not really having the staffing, not really having the ability right now to really dig down and make you know, Heroic Menagerie awesome. The bad juju quest, like, once you go into the mission itself, the mission itself isn't that hard. It's fun solo. Go for solo flawless. It'll, you know, actually ramp up the challenge a little bit for you. You go in with a team, it's not difficult at all. I mean, if you, if you go into that mission with a team, there's, there's nothing at all that's going to trip you up. Number one, there's no darkness zones. Number two, there's no timer. So... That was maybe a bit of a breath, a breath of fresh air to the casuals to be like, oh, you know, getting the juju's not too difficult. And then it's sort of a backstop to say, well, we still thought about the hardcore players. They can get the catalyst almost right away if they want to dump all their resources in. And then the non, and then the non-hardcore, the more casual players, be like, well, I'm gonna slow walk that grind. I'm slowly gonna earn my way to the catalyst. And then you've got yourself again a nice spectrum of you feel empowered and rewarded as a as a more as a more casual player, or a more hardcore player. Yo, nine months from Izzy Mac, thank you. So, at the at the end of the day, I, I, this is always going to be a challenge Bungie has to consider. If they're really going to embrace the idea that they're an MMO action game, what they don't want to do is completely stiff arm every casual in the player base. But they also don't want to build the entire game for them. There's two ditches they can fall into here. When you build content that's just for hardcore players... That just doesn't work. If you build content that's basically just for casuals, that doesn't work either. If everything, if everything is as easy as it, and, and as accessible as like the more low-rung content, that doesn't work. That's why creating something like the Menagerie is so brilliant, because the content itself can be experienced both by a hardcore and a casual player in a completely different way. But this is where generosity comes in as the the crown jewel finishing move, right? The crown jewel finishing move for creating a good spectrum of 
Hardcores and casuals alike can enjoy this content. Hardcores and casuals alike can can really dig in here and have a good time. The crown jewel is generosity. Because then you feel like, I've only got a couple of hours. The accessibility point's great on Menagerie, but so is reward structure. And the hardcore person is like, dude, I can go in there with a really good team, beat Menagerie faster, I can have a more efficient grind than the casual player. Oh, and on top of that, the generosity really lands on what I'm trying to do. I'm really trying to get XYZ gun or this and that on my armor. So there, there's two pieces here that, that have to link up and sync up accessibility with that depth for hardcore players because menagerie is accessible but there's a depth there which which is there for hardcore players if you're better you beat the content faster and then that has to link arm in arm with the generosity intentionality factor that's where reckoning is just like a like it's like when someone throws a frisbee and it's like wobbly and it doesn't go anywhere that's what reckoning is it's just wobbly it's like there's no intentionality, there's no generosity, and your accessibility point actually probably causes more frustration, because it's a failable environment that's actually quite punishing with knockback and the wrong modifiers. The accessibility is is causing a dissonance with the punishing nature and the rough nature of how the modifiers can be. Yeah, it's a lame duck. It's just that wobbly pass from the foot, you know, from the quarterback that just doesn't go anywhere. So if you go to Reckoning, go to Reckoning and give it the treatment that Menagerie has. You give it that entry point of accessibility is already there. You can matchmake. Okay, you got to capstone that with the fact that, like, don't make it failable. Don't make it so dadgum punishing. Rework some of the modifiers just to kind of bring the fun and make the content feel unique. Maybe put modifiers in there that only show up in Reckoning. Because it's a unique environment where the enemies are always in your face. So... Do something about that. I don't know. Give us knockback for frick's sake. If I land the punch first, I knock the enemy back. I don't know. Something like that. Okay? So do that. That answers the accessibility aspect of it. And then reward hardcore players for beating it faster with some sort of a reward. Maybe a second drop. Maybe a drop from the boss. On top of that, add the intentionality and the generosity factor. So every time I beat the reckoning, I know what I'm getting and I can farm for it hand cannon after hand cannon or or the doomsday grenade launcher you know spare rations whatever it is you're going for if you gave it that treatment if you basically approach reckoning and said let's not make it into menagerie but let's give it the same value points as menagerie then you've got then reckoning is a is a fantastic now it's suddenly a fantastic piece of content that people want to engage with instead of something that they dread how many people looked at that triumph where it says you know win a game of gamut prime with an entire set of armor how many people like immediately groaned like oh my gosh are you serious so so many people probably felt that way a club says what are your thoughts between tier 2 and tier 3 reckoning on the fact that they are basically the same mechanics I feel like they should have added another step or added more of the challenge on the bridge like phalanxes all over the place instead of a crap ton of worthless little thrall I mean I don't I don't really want them to start adding more pain more phalanxes more physics I don't want that I don't want to be getting knocked around more than we already are no way I, I would if the difference between tier 2 and tier 3 I think is significant enough um, you know, I again, this is where. See, this is where I think we're thinking wrongly sometimes. Touching on what I was just talking about, tier three should be beatable by casuals, and it should be something that hardcores can master. Do you see? A hardcore team can master menagerie, blitz it, and they get the reward of efficiency and loot at a quicker interval. 
Casuals can beat the Menagerie. Casuals should be able to beat Tier 3 Reckoning, and hardcore players should be able to master it. You know? Maybe a challenge. I don't know. Spawn some random sword or something, and you can grab it and do something. And the casuals are like, dude, I'm not interested in that. I'm just interested in beating it. Once you start to get that spectrum in the game, I think you'll start to see engagement and farming and loot chase go up because people start to truly understand like oh i can get in this lane and no matter what type of player that i am i get rewarded at an interval in this lane that's what the menagerie does i go and engage with the menagerie i'm rewarded in an interval imagine that the imagine that the glitch never happened okay then a, a casual player's like every 20 minutes i get this gun and the hardcore player's like every 10 minutes i get this gun Nightfalls could afford to, you know, consider that with how they drop their loot. Because, again, the minute somebody gets a taste for that, I think that's when they get they get addicted to the grind. That's That, I think, is what was going on with the Menagerie. I mean, the 10% engagement ratio seems low, but 10% is probably pretty good considering how many people might boot up and not have had Season of Opulence. 10% of the community every single day going into... Menagerie is not bad. Now it's down to 3%. So, you know, Menagerie's engagement got, went down, coinciding with, you know, the patch. It also coincided with Moments of Triumph. So people were probably doing the Tribute Hall. People were probably going for the bad juju. People were doing that. And that obviously pulled them away from Menagerie. But I also think that the patch affected as well. Two months from Ogens. Thank you. Right, and Jones Jr., that was one of the reasons when the Menagerie thing happened, I kept stressing to people, I don't want them to take it away, I think we want a middle ground. I think we want people to feel like, I think we want people to feel like, oh, I can go into the Menagerie and get a decent turnover that's not basically like a glitch. I I don't want people interacting with a glitch. Right? Interacting with a glitch is not the same as interacting with content. Interacting with content is what we want people to do, and that's not what people were doing. People were interacting with a glitch, and I think that that's a, that's a danger. I think when you interact with a glitch, you're, in many ways, I think, setting people up to, to feel that content... Like, think about what the glitch reinforced. It reinforces the idea that the game's stingy, we have to find our own way to make it generous. That's what the glitch reinforced. It reinforces this idea that Bungie's not giving us enough rewards. We have to find our own path to reward. We have to find our own shortcut, our own exploit, our own AFK farming thing. Like, that that's another thing that we haven't even talked about. Like, we consider with me that the glitch in Menagerie ain't much different than what people were doing in the in in the forges right now. I, I don't have a rewarding loot path, so I'm going to find some exploit cheese. You know? Is a two-minute timer really a glitch? No, that wasn't the glitch, William Hellard. The, 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 the timer was there on purpose, so you could search for lore and things in there. Leaving an instance and coming back and resetting the chest was the glitch. It happened in House of Wolves. I mean, for goodness sakes, it replayed the sound of the boss dying. It was clearly unintended. The timer is not the glitch. Resetting the chest is the grit is the glitch. That's like the bigger discussion that we're I just don't think that we're having is the reason people are doing the forge AFK 
cheese farm. And the reason that people were doing the thing in the menagerie is because the game doesn't communicate to you generosity. When a game communicates generosity to you, you will interact with those pathways. Okay? Imagine this. Imagine this. See you later, Seb. Look at the way people responded to Menagerie. As soon as people found out about the glitch, everybody started running in there and doing it. Why? Generosity. Oh, man. It's generous over there. Loot cave. Oh, man. It's generous over there. Go there. So that's all Bungie has to do is start putting little, like, signs on the content that says, it's, this is generous. This is generous. If you do this, you're going to get lots of planetary mats. If you do this, you're going to get lots of loot drops. They start putting those generosity signs, and then people are just going to run over there and start saying, oh, look how generous this is. We respond to generosity. We don't respond to you being stingy and adding layers of RNG so you don't get what you want. Being withholding is not... It it just isn't the way forward anymore. Being withholding worked in D1. Oh, I still haven't got my Fatebringer, and you kept trying. And that was sort of the MO. It was the mode of operation for D1 was be stingy, make people keep chasing. I don't think stinginess works anymore, and I think plenty of games have proven that. Maverick, Maverick 8 says, What does Bungie consider their hardcore audience? I believe that they see their hardcore audience as the people that will grind regardless of generosity, which raises concerns about their future hardcore content. No, I, I disagree with this. I disagree with this. I don't think that they say, we have to appeal to the people that play no matter what. Uh, 26 months from Greenway, thank you. They didn't do that leading to Forsaken. They said, we got to appeal to the hobbyist. And they didn't create a, a, a real stingy Forsaken. Forsaken was actually really dope. Forsaken, there was stuff dropping in your lap. You were doing all sorts of stuff. Now, the milestone, the leveling, and the infusion was ground-level sort of systemic problems that couldn't be shirked and, and, and shook off. But in general, they've not been saying, we're going to create content that people will just run anyways. Imagine the glitch didn't happen. Menagerie is a refutation for what you're saying. The glitch, if the glitch didn't happen, the menagerie is still the most intentional, the most directional, the most rewarding loot path in all of Destiny. So when they decided to appeal to the hobbyists with Season of Opulence, they gave us a, a piece of content that was actually quite generous. Seven months from Sweet Cheeks, thank you. Green Wave with 26, Ogens with 2. I, I think I thanked all of you. So the, the, the evolution of destiny is not going, getting more stingy. The evolution is to be actually giving you more intentionality and more generosity. Ada's bounties and the, and the menagerie are proof of that. This is why they can't ignore the way we responded to menagerie. If Bungie had more generous content, more players would become hardcore. I think that you're right. Destiny 1 turned casuals into hardcore players because there was something addicting about it. Destiny 2 turned hardcore players into casuals. I think they're starting to slowly turn that flip and switch around because you're like, oh man, this rewarding loot path is really nice. I'm going to keep playing. I'm going to keep doing my thing. That's what I'm going to go for. And that takes a casual out of their, out of their normal, you know, out of their normal entry level of I'm just going to do a couple hours a week there's people that have even been saying like I can't stop playing Destiny right now I've seen tweets from people talking about how they've got all these other games they want to play and they're not playing because Destiny's in such a good spot right now 
So I don't think, I don't think that they are, I don't think that they are going the route of saying, we're going to create the game in a way that only the hardcores will play. Only the people that really, really want to chase stuff will play. I don't think they're doing that. I think they saw the the problem with Menagerie is like almost like, oh, this is a glitch. We got to patch the glitch. Not, we need to be stingy. I think the decision on the menagerie wasn't we got to maintain our stinginess. It was this is a glitch. We don't want people interacting with a glitch. Um, Evil the Waller says, but won't more rewarding mean more hardcore players run out of stuff and stop playing? No, absolutely not. What did the hardcore players do when menagerie was really rewarding? What did they do? They were in there all day. I'm a hardcore player. What did I say? I had all these things I was setting my sights on. Gauntlets with a really specific role. I wanted a really specific role on a fusion. There were other non-menagerie weapons I was going to grind for. The generosity was like, no, dude, I'm going to keep going. I'm going to keep chasing. I didn't get my god roll Ostringer. I actually love my Ostringer. I didn't, I got two god roll Ostringers. I didn't get those and say, well, that does it for me. I'm done with Destiny. Bye-bye. It was, I'm going to keep playing. I want to try this out. I want to chase more stuff. Generosity literally promotes engagement. It is not the enemy of engagement. That is such a phantom fear. It's such a boogeyman. Scalf. Did you see where Bungie acknowledged a general disdain for the menagerie chest fix? If so, what do you think they'll do to address it? I think they just got to put more chests in there. Guaranteed three normal, two extras that are potentially obtainable on a hardcore run, so a hardcore run, a, a heroic run can end with five. But three guaranteed on normal. So you can match make and get three every time, regardless of how good the team is, so no one quits. That's what I think they need to do. That would actually make heroic really exciting, because you have to really be on your A-game, really communicate, really play smart, really sweat, and get the two extra guaranteed chests. That would make me play heroic, wouldn't it? make you it might make you do it a club as far as infusion goes do you think Bungie should allow the same type of weapon to be used for glimmer only example better devil's hand cannon into an awestringer I just think infusions probably not a big issue as long as they take out enhancement cores I think enhancement cores should just be used for other things enhancement cores should let you change the masterwork of a gun and it should let you take a perk up from normal to enhanced enhanced cannon you know hand cannon reloader something like that that would be my kind of way of doing it. Um, I don't think enhance. I don't think infusion needs to be completely overhauled to where they're like, oh, shotgun in the shotgun, hand cannon in the hand cannon should only cost glimmer. You know, I think the main issue is that the economy pain doesn't scale down. Hardcore players have a stack of enhancement cores. Casual players don't. The running out of glimmer and planetary mats is like a shared. That scales down. I was running out of glimmer and I was running out of planetary materials. That scales down in a healthy way to the more casual player. Also, like I said a little bit ago, we shouldn't need to farm the freaking forges for planetary mats. There should be a better a better route for planetary mat farming. That's another generosity problem. It's another generosity problem. So, if you guys are here right now and you've enjoyed the vibe and you've enjoyed the talks, remember to click that follow button. Uh, that helps support the channel and make sure that you don't miss out on content. If you're listening to this on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or watching on YouTube, you can always catch me live. I do these in the mornings, and I'm going to be doing another segment in a little bit, so don't go anywhere. I'm doing a stream stop segment. If you like the radio discussion Q&A style, stick around for that. Uh, and as always, if you're listening or watching in the other locations, please like, share, and subscribe.